Welcome back to the Montgomery Companies Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery, and today I'm with a dear friend who is also a special guest. He's a father, he's a husband, he's a leader and a speaker, a host of the podcast, Followership, and also the author of the book, Chasing Failure. And he's a humble dude with a big old heart who's become a close friend. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, my friend, Ryan Lee. Thanks for being with us. My man, I'm so excited to be on your podcast, man. It's going to be fun. Well, we met recently, actually, a few months ago in San Diego. And yeah. for our listeners, I want them to hear this. Uh, you know, you go you go to an event, kind of yep. scan the crowd, and you're trying to figure <laughs> yeah. out hey, who's real, who's authentic, you know, who, who am I going to spend yeah. time with? It was like 48 hours. You actually had to leave yeah. early, so we got like 24 yeah. hours. And right. I was fortunate enough to sit next to you at a dinner, and we just hit it yeah. off, and we started talking about faith and family and speaking and I learned right away, this dude is for real. So you're speaking at a bunch of different churches. You just got done uh, giving a keynote to Disney, actually multiple keynotes. You're working with Wells Fargo, some of the biggest companies in the world, some of the biggest churches in the world. You just gave a talk at Elevation Church for Stephen and Holly Furtick. So you're on the (laughs) speaking circuit. And what I love about you, man, and we were talking offline, it's just your humility. You know, Mm -hmm. like I love where God has you. Um, Yeah. I love the, I love the, posture that you have right now in the midst of all the success Mm. that you're having. Mm. And, um, and I want to lean in just right there and tell me how, how is Ryan Leak feeling today and how are you dealing Mm. with the buzz around you (laughs) and all the influence and impact that you're creating? Um, well, that, that's very kind of you to say. Um, I remember when we first met, I called my wife from San Diego and I said, Hey, I know I sound like a middle schooler, but I just made a new friend, <laughs> which, which really doesn't happen very often for me that I'm like, Hey, I meet I meet a lot of people, but I don't make a new friends. And I consider you to, to be one of those, um, man, you know, I, I really, uh, I do think there is a thing called false humility. Uh, I think real humility is, uh, having an accurate view of yourself. <laughs> and, and I feel like, um, you know, I was speaking the other day and tried to do the best I possibly could. And a woman after she said to me, she goes, well, how come I've never heard of you? And I was like, because I'm not that big of a deal. She goes, but it, but what I just saw feels like you, I should have heard of you by now. And I'm like, but you haven't. And that's just, that's just the way the, the world is. You know, there's uh, you know, some people know me, some people don't. And, and I think I, um, I think what keeps me really grounded is really my family and my kids. Mm-hmm. Like they, you, they don't, they don't know what any, any of it means. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, you, you just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just Ryan. Uh, I, sometimes I wake up and I'm just go, I'm just a dude that just likes basketball, loves Jesus, loves business, loves leadership. And I like talking about it and helping people. And so, so man, every day I just, I just try to, create some piece of content that adds value to other people's lives. Um, sometimes that's a church. Sometimes that's a post. Sometimes that's a business. Sometimes that's a, a big event. Sometimes that's one-on-one with, with an executive, you know, but I, I just, I just try to do that uh, every day. And, and then we just kind of let the chips fall. Well, I love what you're doing, man. And I love the content. You've got a couple of videos out right now. You have one video with over a million yeah. views on YouTube. Uh, and, and you got engaged and married on the same day. So, uh, we're going to make our listeners go check that video out. So if you want the story, you're going to go check the video out. Where can they find the video, Ryan? 
uh, RyanLeak.com, or they can find it on on YouTube and just type in the surprise wedding. The surprise and, wedding on YouTube. And if yeah. you have another video, I want everybody to, so if you're listening to this episode, if you're driving down the road, make yourself a note, don't crash your car trying to find the YouTube video. Yeah. Um, but you need to watch this video today. Uh, type into YouTube, Chasing Failure, Ryan Leak. And you're going to see this amazing video about Ryan's time with the Phoenix Suns. And we're going to, we're going to start yeah. there with today's conversation because this story yeah. took me back. I watched it twice. Uh, yeah. We're going to send it out literally to thousands of our friends and coaching clients because it was that powerful. It has over 100,000 wow. views. Yeah. And it's all about chasing failure, which is also the title of your book. You say this, dreaming yeah. is free. Living it out will have a price tag. You yeah. owe it to yourself to find out how much it costs. Tell our audience about the time you spent with the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> you know, it, it was a it was an opportunity of a lifetime, and part part of there's there's the actual experience of getting a workout with the Phoenix Suns, and then there's the actual experience of being willing to reach out to the Phoenix Suns for a ridiculous request. Because for people that don't understand how the NBA works, it's the National Basketball Association. It's not a church league. It's not open gym. So you can't just sign up for it and, and, and you know, roll the dice and see how it goes. No, there's a protocol. You need to go to Duke or North Carolina or play overseas. You have an agent. You need, you, you need to, to, to have a lot of things fall into place for those sorts of things to happen. So, um, you know, emailing the Phoenix Suns, I expected – them to say no like a few other nba teams said no and what i was on a journey to do was to get past rejection to get past that fear of failure of like people telling you no i remember the celtics told me no first and i was like oh my gosh that stuck that felt so bad that felt so like i'm like they don't like me they think my idea is dumb it's like what are you doing and then I thought, well, what if, what if I get told no by all 30 NBA teams? This will be amazing. You know, it's like, what, what can I learn from the word no? And my fifth team was the Phoenix Suns, and they said yes. And so by my math, I'm like, I'm one for five. <laughs> so I tell people all the time, <laughs> you got you to 20. There's 25 teams that never heard from me. And so I'm like, you got a 20% chance. You just, you just never know um, when someone might say yes. In fact, being at the Phoenix Suns practice facility, the public relations director, she's just looking at me and she says, we would never do this in a million years. But for some odd reason, your email just came on a day where we were just in one of those moods. And so we said, yes. And it's like, I would have told you they would never do this in a million years, but they did. And they, they gave me an opportunity to work out with their team. And, you know, I'm six, three, 200 pounds. And at the time I was, you know, I think like 27. I went from being typically the tallest person in a room to the shortest person. I went from being the youngest person on the court to the oldest guy, which is just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it's, 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 it's another level. I, I think essentially if you're in the NBA, you're outstanding. I simply fit in. You wouldn't have noticed me. If, if I was there, you would have said, Oh, there's, there's a guy. He, he plays professional. He's obviously not the best player in the gym, but like, Hey, can he run around and get a rebound and get an assist here, there and play decent D 
Sure. But so can everybody. The guy at the end of the bench is phenomenal. I did a workout this summer uh, with a guy who was on the end of a bench for an NBA team and right now isn't in the NBA. He's trying to get Mm. into the NBA. Uh, We did a – he did like a 10-minute drill. He missed one time. Wow. In 10 minutes. Wow. And he's not in the NBA. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, like I just – I don't think people really get how good these dudes really are at basketball. Um, and there's, there's just, there's just levels to it, man. So it's, 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 uh, so yeah, so I, I failed, man. And it just, it just, and I just realized chasing failure took me further than chasing success ever did. Like it landed me on an NBA practice court and up until that point in my life, I had never been on one of those. And so ever since then, I've just, Man, I, I've just enjoyed my downfalls and I've learned a lot from them. And that's why I encourage people to not be afraid to fail and keep moving towards that thing that scares you because you're going to learn a ton. I think the only failure a person can have is failing to learn from their failures. Mm. But if you t- took great notes, that's a W and you, you just keep moving forward so that's what i try and encourage people with so so that that's the story of of the phoenix sun well i i love that part of your story and that part of your journey of course you have so many amazing stories that you tell um as a part of your journey but i want to draw this out i don't want to spoil anything for our listeners who are going to go watch this video on youtube but the powerful message to me was you said um you know jeff hornacek was my coach for three minutes Right. Yeah. You said for three minutes, the Phoenix Suns were my team. You were sort of challenged to run up and down the court so many times. And you talk You're about right. how you failed in that process. Yeah. But the most powerful part of the video to me is you were shooting baskets with a friend uh, yeah. after you spent some time with the Phoenix Suns and tried out for the Phoenix mm-hmm. Suns and didn't make it. And he said, yeah. hey, are you playing for a team? And, and you said no. And he says, well, why not? And you said, because I tried. And yeah. you said it felt so good to say because I tried. Yeah. Um, t- tell us more. Like, why did it feel so good to say, because I tried? Man, because it's a, for, I don't know, seven years post being all American at a D three ish college. I say D three ish because it, we are, our D three status was pending <laughs> the years <laughs> I played. So we were in the NCCAA, which stands for uh, National Christian College Athletics Association. So I love to say amongst the Christians, I was really, really good. Uh, <laughs> but post that, I would go to NBA games and think, oh, I could have. I would, this is what I would do. Oh, this is how I would guard this. Oh, I'd make him go left. Or, oh, like I was just so into the game, but it was like, but you never actually tried. Like you never, you never attempted to do something with that. You know, you, you sort of pre-calculated your failure and decided to do nothing, which is what a lot of people do. It's called calculated risk for a reason. But a lot of people do their calculations and say, it's too risky, I'm out. Well, this mm-hmm. was one where I just went, I don't think this is going to go well for me in the way that I can see it right now, but I'm just going to continue go, to go down this path. And it's crazy working with professional athletes now. And it's just like, oh, there's more than one way to be in the NBA. 
like so many, so many kids think, yeah. Oh, yeah. one day I want to be in the NFL or I want to be a professional athlete. It's just like, well, there's other ways to be in the NFL. There's other ways to be in the NBA. You just got to figure out a way. What, what's going to be the way that you add the most value to that team? Is it by playing? Is it by coaching? Is it through mental skills? Is it through medicine? Is it through marketing? Is it through executive coaching? Like we've got to broaden people's thinking way beyond that. And so, when I was running up and down the court in Phoenix, I wasn't thinking, oh, this is going to take me further into my career, or this is going to open up a door for me to be in an NBA locker room five years later. I wasn't thinking that. All I could see was my failure. Here's a funny thing. There was a guy in the gym the day I, I tried out for the Phoenix Suns. His name is Anthony Tolliver. Okay? He's played for 12 yeah. NBA teams. Great guy. Well, he just so happens to live around the corner from me now. And we met in Phoenix. And so now, like, I mean, just all of the relationships that we, and he's like, wait, you look familiar. And a friend of our, a mutual friend was like, you got to meet this guy, Ryan League. He did this documentary called Chasing Failure. He's like, Chasing Failure? He's like, oh, that's cool. He said, well, what team did you travel for? And you can see him in the video. So my Crazy. friend plays a video for him. He's like, that's me. Crazy. So it's just, you but I think some of us, like, let's just say I had made my calculated risk and said, I, I'm not going to do it. It's, it's amazing what I wouldn't be doing right now. Yeah, come on, man. Had I not just, because a lot of people go, you didn't have that much to lose. It's like, well, my pride. Most people don't understand. <laughs> yeah. I tried out for the Phoenix Suns um, in September of 2015. I was so embarrassed uh, that I actually didn't make the documentary until 14 months later. Wow. So it took you That's 14 how months to deal to with over. Yeah, yes. pride and ego to deal with and, that, and failure. Yes. Yeah. I did not want yeah. to tell people that I failed. Mm. I wanted everyone to think I was only successful. Mm. Post the best, hide the rest. You know, and it was like, like this sucks. I I did not want to admit to other people publicly that that I had failed. But well, listen, man, you, you, you're encouraging a lot of people um, with your book, and uh, people need to check it out. So yeah, great, great book. Um, all about failure. Chasing failure is the title. It's a best-selling book. You and I could have an hour-long conversation. We could do a podcast episode just about the topic of failure. Um, sure. But if you're listening, I, I would ask yourself the question, can you say with your big dream, because I tried? And I love what you said, Ryan, about you know chasing failure took me farther than chasing success. And in our coaching business, we always say we want to fail fast, we want to fail often, and we want to yeah. fail well. Failing well means failing forward. You yeah. know, for me, as a guy who failed in my late 20s, lost millions of dollars, lost my job, almost went bankrupt. I mean, I had a lot of heartache in my life. Mm. For me, my deepest hurt became my greatest ministry. And now mm. I get to work with people on leadership development, making wise choices and, and wise decisions and understanding more of who you are, you know, prioritizing values over goals. And so like you, I've had some failure in my life. I'm fairly public with that. And it's really taken me to a different place as far as my impact, my influence and, and God's used every bit of it. So I appreciate, man, the way that you put your failure on display. 
Um, I also want to talk about your podcast. We talked a little bit about the book, Chasing Failure. Yeah, Uh, You've got a podcast that's all about followership. And everybody knows this this podcast is all about leadership. But you chose followership for a reason. And you work with a lot of leaders, but you chose to talk about followership. Why? Well, I, I, you know, you take Amazon or Apple or, you you know, or Google, you think uh, about a company that has several hundred thousand employees. Okay. Uh, how many of them are leaders? I mean, Oh yeah. You, not let, many. Let's just take a, you know, let, let's just say it's 10%. Let's just say it's half a million employees. All right. Let's say, let's say they have 50,000 leaders, which I don't think they do, but let's just say let, let, that's a high number. Okay. You right. still got 450,000 people who are trying to figure out how to play, follow the leader. Mm. except there's no conference for them. There's a book from the nineties that no one reads. Um, And so they're just expected to fall in line with people that maybe earned their title, maybe are good leaders. In fact, if someone says I work for a great leader, we, 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 we're, we're kind of shell shocked. We're like, you do like, that's pretty rare that I've heard someone say, I work for a great leader. Hey, I like my leader, but like to have someone say, I work for a great leader is pretty rare. So what does that mean? It means most people in the American workforce work for an average, mediocre, or bad leader. But I don't think that that has to determine the type of follower someone has to be. Mm. And so I think a lot of people, leader or not, can look at their situation and blame their circumstances on their uh, current place in life. Well, I'm this way because, and so followership is all about owning, okay, well, this is my part. Like whether you're awesome or not, doesn't actually have to dictate if I'm really good at, at what I do. In fact, I've seen it where someone was working for a really bad leader, but they put their head down, did really good at their job. And then the person that was leading them, they ended up being their boss because that's how good they were. So, mm. so I don't think that you can put your career in the hands of some other person just because they're higher up in the org on the org chart than you. That makes sense to me. I'm like, no, you got to own your stuff and crush it with what you've been given. And then you, you let the chips fall. But uh, working with a lot of organizations, I kept hearing this, if I can be honest, whining about yeah. their leader. And I'm like, well, what does that have to do with you? Like, you might have a bad leader. Well, my leader's late. Well, that doesn't, make, that doesn't mean you got to be late. <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah. like, they're it's disengaged. Great. It doesn't mean that you got to be disengaged. And so, great. Um, and so how do you follow a bad leader? Come on. Because that's where a lot of people are at. So I wanted to be able to speak into that. And, and honestly, there's a lot of uh, C-suite leaders who still have one leader that they're following. And when you're the ego that comes with leadership, which we all have to put in check, of following someone that has the ultimate vision and is actually responsible to shareholders and, and so forth, well, it, it, it's, it can be difficult to... To, to follow a leader at that level too. And so essentially every company really only has one 
main leader that everyone has to answer up to. So mm. if we go with the number of 500,000 employees, well, really, there's one. <laughs> All the other 499,999 people have to figure out at some point in their career, how do I follow wealth? So good. Everybody needs to go yeah. back and listen to the last three minutes of what you just said, because that was gold. <laughs> and, and seriously, right? Like um, followership is the first step in growing as a leader. Yeah, and I'm absolutely. not sure that we ever stop. I think I think there's this misconception, right? That well, one day I arrive and I've now become mm-hmm. a leader, and now I focus on leadership. But the reality is, yeah. if you want to continue to grow as a leader, yeah. you have to continue to grow in your self awareness and in your situational yeah. awareness, which is really all about followership. Yeah. And so I love that you have this podcast about followership. So if you want to learn about followership, you can go to Ryan's podcast. But I want to put you on the spot because I want to I yeah. want to our audience to hear if you've got one or two principles and I'm cheating because I kind of know some of your principles, but, but I want you to unpack, like if there's something that a leader, say there's a leader right now and you're like, wow, that's really interesting. I want to grow in my followership. Yeah. Maybe give us some practical advice of how does a leader Mm -hmm. wants to grow in their followership, grow in their followership? Yeah. So I, I would say I have learned more about leadership from, from following a bad leader than anything, than any book, than it, because if you have a bad leader, you have incredible notes if you're taking notes. You have incredible notes on what not to do. I have sat in more meetings where I went, I don't think I wanna make people feel that way. Mm. So I'm gonna do the opposite of what I just saw. Even though I hadn't seen it, I said, yeah. I know I don't want this. So don't, don't do this. As long as I don't do this, I think I, I think I can win because I know people aren't inspired when they feel beaten up. And so I think part of uh, growing in your followership is understanding what it's like to be led by you. What's it like to be on the other side of you? What's it like to be across the table from you? What's it like to get a reply all from you? What's it like to be on the other side of the room? What's it like to be on the other side of the Zoom with you? And so thinking about, hey, what's it like to be led by you? Most leaders are thinking, it's awesome. Is it? (laughs) Are we sure that it's as awesome? So even for me, I don't consider myself a good leader. Part of that is, is I've got a million things going on and my team is constantly going, wait, what? Oh. Oh, we, we do mini keynotes now. What are mini keynotes? I don't know. I just made it up on a call with this company. Now we've <laughs> got to go figure it out. They're like, why did you tell them that we could do that? I'm like, I don't know why I said it. I'm like, because we can, we can figure this <laughs> right. thing out. And so I'll just dream up stuff on a Wednesday. And next thing you know, we're in the studio shooting 21 videos based off of our text community that we engage with on a weekly basis. And they're like, well, well, what's the plan? I went, I don't know. I'll send it to you on Wednesday. And so that's not good leadership. Does that make sense? Mm. And so even for my team, I'm going, what's it like to be on the other side of Ryan Leak? I'm going, you, you better bring your track shoes because it's, it's that, that's what it's, that's what it's like. And so I think, you know, even having people travel with me, it's so funny. They're just like, you move at a pace. That's insane. Mm. Like, 
you know like what lanes to get in and clear and TSA and you know the guy here and you know <laughs> like it's like you you're you're so well versed in the hotel and like you just have so many different systems they're just like how did you how did you know this timing and and, mm. and all of that and, and it's so funny I had a client the other day they, they go hey uh, you, you're not going to make your flight and I just smiled and I was like you wouldn't make that play. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm a pro. Like, I I'm know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was done at like five o'clock. I think the flight left at five forty-five, and they're like, it's impossible to make that flight as if for you. <laughs> and so, um, but I'm like, I got to get home to my family. And so, so I realized, um, it's not easy to follow me. And so I have great empathy for my team because I'm going, Hey, I, I, I know this is either last minute. I know this wasn't very clear. I know like, and so I'm consistently trying to work on those things and create systems that create more clarity and create a healthy pace for our organization for mm-hmm other people that maybe don't have great track shoes that they can be onboarded and have a great experience. And so I don't, I don't, I'm not talking from a high horse of like, I know something you don't know. And I figured it out. No, I'm going, Hey, I'm one of those average leaders. That's just consistently asking myself the question, you know, what, what is it like, you know, being on the other side of the table for me, there's times where I'm like, Hey, this is awesome. You get to go on, on the ride of your life. Some people don't like roller coasters. Yeah. You know, some on. people like it's just good. being on the ground. That's and good. So as awesome as I think it would be, it actually may not be that awesome. And so, so anyway, so I think that's how someone can grow in their followership is really just thinking through like, okay, who have I followed? What did I learn from them? Good or bad. And then who's following me? And what, what is, what is that like? And, and I think each person is going to have a different answer. Powerful question. What is it like to follow me? We mm-hmm. all need to be, asked, I need to be asking that question on a, on a, a way more regular basis than I do, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and again, totally. I think it's all about self-awareness, situational awareness. I would say one of the things that makes you exceptional at what you do is you're getting feedback, you're asking for feedback and you're doing a lot of self-reflection and evaluation and you have to, right? Because you're out front, you're That's speaking true. in front of thousands of people every week. Um, in fact, of all yeah. the people that I know who speak and communicate publicly for a living, you might be in front of more people on a weekly basis than anybody else I know. So you're preaching at multiple churches. You're also doing a lot of corporate gigs. Yeah. Um, you knew yeah. we weren't going to get off this podcast episode with, without talking about faith. So I want to go there. Um, and you said this, Ryan, I, I love how you say this. You say there's, there's one voice in our lives that we need to turn up mm. and there's one voice in our life that we need to turn down. So yeah. if, if we wrap our conversation here with what is it like to be a believer in the marketplace, yeah. a faithful person who's in yeah. a lot of spaces that yeah. um, some might consider more worldly or secular, like how yeah. do you manage the balance of uh, sharing your faith, but doing yeah. it in a way where you really can reach other people in yeah. today's world? Yeah. Uh, so I, I got rocked a couple of years ago. Um, a billionaire owner found out about me and that I was 
involved in church, whatever, and uh, canceled my contract with their organization. Wow. And it was like, it was devastating for me. It made me want to hide who I was. Um, but then I doubled down. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I'm Let's like, go. I'm like, hey, he never had a chance to meet me. And if he and if he did, you know, yeah, maybe we, we maybe we have different values. That's okay. I'm 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 okay with that. And what I've discovered is um, you know, we're just speaking at an event and a guy came up to me after and he goes, I can tell you're a Christian. And I said, I wasn't trying to hide it. <laughs> I'm like, good. I, yeah. I, I, I hope, I hope everyone thinks that. Yeah. Like I, if no. someone, if someone hears me speak for an hour and they go, mm. not a Christian, whoo, I, I, then I did something wrong. Mm. And so I think, um, man, if I'm doing a corporate gig, I'm not using Bible verses or anything, but man, I've, I've got so much passion and I've got so much, and I, and I just talk about things that, sometimes we're not supposed to talk about in the business space, like our marriages and our families and mm. winning at home. Who cares if you're winning at work, but you're, mm. you're getting slaughtered at home. I mean, it just, what, what, what's the point? So when I bring up that stuff, they're like, well, where else, where else in the world do people talk like that? Church. <laughs> That's the place. And so it's like, even though I'm not bringing in Bible verses, I'm still talking about things that plague humans and keep them from growing professionally. And so uh, I told a group the other day, I said, your business will stop growing when you do. And so here are the areas that are very important for you to continue to grow in. And one of them is your home. And like mm. you, people's face was like, I, th I thought we were here to learn more about marketing. I'm like, are you? Is, is, is that the end goal? Is that really what you, what you want? And by the end of it, people are like in tears and talking about their life and do the way that, the way that I intersect my faith with my business is I just try to be freaking good. Dude, I just mm. try and blow the roof off of the place. And I feel like I'm a representative of Christ everywhere I go. And, um, and I don't, I don't need a Bible verse to, to show Christ to others mm. and to add value to people's lives. And so there's not like this Christian arrogance. It's, it's going, Hey, I, I'm very content in who I am. I'm grateful for the opportunities God has brought my way. I remember being let, being let go uh, by that billionaire owner and it hurt. Mm. Like it, it really made me think about, okay, who am I? Um, in, in losing that contract, I thought this could be the end of my business because it was a massive contract. And, um, and it is, it's just, it's funny. I mean, it really is funny. Like what I thought was a lot of money three mm. years ago. Mm. And, and I remember, I remember sitting in the parking lot of that company and a direct deposit from them had just hit. And I thought, it doesn't get any better than this. Mm. And I heard, I remember hearing the Lord say to me in that parking lot, just wait and see. Mm. And I'm, I'm like, well, that's impossible. Like there's no, that's impossible. And it's just like, just wait and see. Like th this is, this is just, you're just getting started, young man. Like you have no idea all that I have in store for you. 
And so it's funny now to even have people in his organization reaching back out going, Hey, do you think we could get you back? And I'm like, sure. If I'm available. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was like, that that was all I had. Now it's like, Hey, I don't, I don't, and I'm not trying to spite anyone, but I'm just like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to continue to, I'm in a church, I'm going to give my best there. I'm going to try and add value to somebody's life, whether they're a Christian or not. And if it's, it's not a church, well, I'm still going to do the same thing with a different set of content in church. I get a book, the Bible that I get to use and know pretty well and enjoy teaching it. But if you take it away from me, all of it is still in me. And Mm. so I'm going to go add value to somebody's life in a business. And I'm going, Hey, this is what I truly believe. Number one, if you treat people how Jesus tells people, tells his followers to treat people, your business is going to grow, period. And my best business advice is generosity. So hmm. if you're asking me how to grow a business, I'm going to tell you to give a bunch of money away. To go, That's not how you grow a business. That's not how you grow a business, but I'm telling you, it <laughs> works. Yes. And so it's like, man, I, I'm, I'm just going to be myself. You know, and I have so many friends that are like, well, these people won't have you if they know that you preach and and whatever. And I'm just like, if they know that you're a Christian, that they won't have you. Well, guess what? I am one. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> I am yeah. one. So I guess they won't have me. Poor me. You know, it it it's a you know, it's this is one of those things where it's like God God has relationships everywhere, and you know, some of the places I'm speaking, it's it's uh it's, it's incredible like that. Uh, this is incredible how all that works. So I'm more confident than ever of just walking in what I believe God has given me, man, if I'm walking in a business and I respect, I respect the, the arena that I'm in and every now and then I'll have, I'll have a CEO be like, Hey, go for it. I'm like, go for what? Yeah. What do you want me to do? He goes, I want you to talk about forgiveness. Hmm. I'm like, why? He goes, it's our biggest need. Everybody mad at each other. I said, there's only one way I know how to deal with that. Like, you're going to need to receive it from somewhere else. You can't give what you've never been given. And I said, now, if they get so their good. forgiveness from God, then, so good. Then, then we can make some moves. But, but man, I just, I just, you know, I just try to, I, I look at everywhere I go as a place that I can serve them with some content that I think can add value to their life. If it's a church, great. If it's a business, great. And if you want to know who I am, I am a Christian. I preach a lot. The internet will tell you that pretty quickly. (laughs) So it's like, you know, I'm not some undercover agent. Nope. I'm above the covers. This is who I am. Yeah. You can see my keynotes. You can see it all. So So good, man. So good. Well, you are out there for everybody to see. You're all over social media. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Uh, But a friend texted me the other day, a friend Mm -hmm. in Minnesota, and he's like, hey, there's this guy that preaches at my church a lot because you preach at multiple churches. And he says, there's yeah. this guy that preaches at my church a lot. And I love the way he preaches. Like he uses scripture and he's a Christian, but he doesn't sound like, you know, a typical pastor. And what I love about you, Ryan, is you're not speaking in Christianese. You're not trying to dress things up. You know, too often it's Christians that keep people from Christ. It's right. people trying to be um, holier than thou or or constantly using scripture because I feel like, Hey, the only way I can reach somebody is if I share Christian, you know, share scripture. I think what you're saying is, Hey, you want to reach people, share love yeah. and, and, and be, be generous. Good at your job. 
you're getting your job. Yeah. Come on, man. It's so good. Yeah. So anyway, just appreciate what you stand for. I love that you wear your faith on your sleeve, that you are above yeah. the covers. You're not undercover. And we need more people like that in the marketplace. And I do think yeah, that, you know, people want to follow a leader who's always real. Not yeah. one is always right. And you're real. Yeah. And it's part of what makes you special. So where do yeah. people find you? I want to honor your time. We're, we're both three minutes away from a lunch date with our wives. And so I yeah. want to honor your time, get you to your lunch date. Um, yeah. But uh, where do people find Ryan Leak? RyanLeak.com. I'm Ryan Leak everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. You type in Ryan Leak, you'll probably find hey, there's, there's only one player. Ryan Leak in the world. No, there's this other one. He's a professional <laughs> soccer player and – but he, he, he doesn't care about LinkedIn or, or Twitter. Or like so, so if you go to social media and you, and you type in Ryan Leak, you will find our guy, Ryan, yeah, who's a gifted yeah. leader, husband, father, speaker, author. Man, I yeah. appreciate your spirit. And more than anything, man, I just appreciate your friendship. So blessing to meet you a few months ago yes. in San Diego. Um, excited to see yes. what God has in store for you. We were talking offline. I think yeah. you're still in so many ways like the young, humble dude that doesn't really even know the true extent of your giftedness. And that's part of your magic yeah. and what makes you special. So yeah. you have a friend forever and a, and, and a fan in the Southeast yeah. corner of the, of the part of uh state of Iowa. I appreciate and, uh, it, man. We're going to, we're going to keep connecting, keep communicating, man. I'm wishing you Absolutely. the best. Sounds good. Thanks for being with us, brother. All right, buddy. You've been listening to another episode of the Montgomery Companies podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery. And we want to say one more time, thanks to Ryan Leak for investing your valuable time in our community. Also want to say thanks to John Choate and James Roth of Storyline Multimedia for producing all of our shows. You guys are fantastic. We appreciate the way that you relentlessly contribute to our company and to this show. Finally, if you would rate, like, or subscribe our podcast, uh, it would mean so much to us. It helps with exposure and visibility and ultimately helps with our mission of impacting more people and moving our message forward. Thanks for listening. Be great. Be well. Have a wonderful day.